Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to an episode of the Large and In Charge podcast. Now, I was recording this episode uh, last week when a few things had happened, and then I decided to scrap that because I wanted to talk about it with somebody rather than just giving my thoughts and opinions. I didn't want to be a one-man band. I'm speaking of one-man band. We'll get to that in just a little bit. So my name is Sharj. Thank you all for joining me at this time. Um, today I want to talk about, well, one hell of a week it's been in the wrestling industry. Um, and joining me today on the show, we have professional boxer Carwin Herbert. Carwin, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Uh, how are you doing? I'm all right. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. You know what? I was pretty annoyed last week with everything that's happened. Like, it actually got to me. I felt really bad. And then it's been a sad couple of days on top of that. Um, Howard Finkel, WWE's very first employee. He was there from 1975. The WWF with Vince's father. Then Vince employed him um, as part of the WWF. And, you know, as you all know, Howard Finkel has been the voice of our generation, announcing so many big moments, so many wrestlers' names. When you think of ring announcing, you don't think of Lillian Garcia, you don't think of Justin Roberts, you think of Howard Finkel. And Lou! That's, the, <laughs> that's my little impersonation. I, yeah, I was quite sad. Um, any of your thoughts on Howard Finkel? Yeah, he's. Um, I remember when he used to introduce the Royal Rumble, and he used to have his own little way with it. It wasn't quite "Let's get ready to rumble," but he had a uh, he had a catchphrase, and uh, it's just he had such an impact on the sport. He used to uh, big names when they used to have a match at WrestleMania. Shawn Michaels misses your Undertaker, and so on. They oh. used to ask Fink to come back and uh, introduce them, and that was that was just over ten years ago, which shows. He's still held in high regard by, by those guys to bring him back. And I read that Roman Reigns recently said that even though the Fink was going through his own issues, yeah. he was uh, more concerned with how Roman was doing. Exactly. And that's and from all the interviews I've heard, you know, I listened to uh, Busted Open with uh, Dave LaGreca, Bully Ray, Tommy Dreamer and Mark Henry, and they were devastated. Uh, I was listening to Something to Wrestle and... And Bruce Pritchard start crying, man. I, it, it's it's sad. Like all the voices and the legends of our generation are gone. Like Bobby Heenan, you know, we lost Bobby Heenan. Gene Oakland, Gene Oakland was another one of my generation. Even though he lives vicariously through my drive instructor, who looks just like him now. Um, <laughs> but you know, like you know, so mean Gene and Howard Finkel. I still remember, like when he used to when he used to. Uh, explained how the Royal Rumble works. Uh, one participant will enter the ring and every two minutes and then however both the must touch the floor. Like as and, and, that, and that, that his introduction added so much to the story. It did when Shawn Michaels won it with one foot on the floor. Yeah, yes. However, you know the last time we saw Fink it was CM Punk brought him back. I believe it was Survivor Series 2011, right? It was him against Alberto Del Rio, and it was in Madison yeah. Square Garden. 
And when the Fink came out, announced CM Punk, first came out, the crowd went crazy. And you could see he was about to cry. Um, so, you know, I just wanted to start off by first saying, rest in peace, Howard Fink. I've got a, I've got a good um, Howard Finkel story that you don't know. So I met the Fink in London. So it was WrestleCon 2015. And I've never been to a WrestleCon before. So I don't know you have to pay to get a photo or to talk to them. You have to pay. And it's not cheap. It's like 10 to 15 pounds, maybe 20 quid for a photo. So I'm marking out now, right? And I see Howard Finkel. And I go to Howard. I'm like, Howard, can I get a... And no! And he goes, just shot me down. He goes, no, you can't. I start laughing. I go, what? How are you dissed me? He goes, no, I did not. I did not diss you. Bro, he's got that voice all the time. I go, Howard, does this mean me and you have heat now? I started laughing and I walked off. And I thought nothing of it. But, you know, it was just a little interaction, which you will never remember. But I can say I had that moment with the thing. Um, so, yeah, you know, we want to start off the show by just talking about Howard Finkel. You know, he's an absolute legend in the business. And it's the same to um, wrestling, what Michael Buffer was to boxing, because you, you know every every boxer's dream was to have a Buffer yeah. intro. Let's get ready to rumble. Exactly, what Michael you know, Buffer is. But, what... you know, but I think everyone can relate to how Finkel, because everyone grew up watching wrestling at that period. Like, oh, it's sad, man. It's sad. He was 69 years old. 69 years old. Probably Younger than Vince. Sorry? When you need to introduce the Undertaker. Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, from parts unknown. You know, for the Ultimate Warrior. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, you're not just talking about it, man. Just just gives me chills. Like, that was, that's what got everyone. That was a boom period of wrestling. That's when Vince took over. That's when he put out all the territories of business. And he brought it to mainstream cable. But, you know, that's a, that's a story for another time. Um, Carwin, I want to talk to you about the day before the Howard Finkel passed away. It was a very sad day in the world of wrestling. Like, I legit was so pissed. I upset. Look at the environment we're in right now. I don't know what your work situation's like, but people from WWE have been furloughed or they've been let go. This includes, so their staff, from the new headquarters itself, a lot of them been fired. Is that Cody in the background? I can. Is that Cody in the background? Uh, no, no. Oh, okay. Um, you know Cody, don't you? Because when you scroll through it, it goes just like that. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what you're there. Yeah. Um, so a lot of employees have lost their jobs from WWE themselves uh, over this period. XFL went bankrupt. The second attempt Vince tried. You know, he's one stubborn guy. 20 years later, tries the XFL, gets bankrupt. All the players get um, sacked. And now so many superstars and producers have been released. I'm going to run through some of the names and then you just tell me what you think, all right? Uh, the first one I'll talk about, Carwin, is Drake Maverick, Rockstar Spud. Have you watched his video on Instagram? Yeah. That broke my heart. Given the circumstance that they're in, his one is the one that shocked me most because he's an entertainer first. Right. And he, 
you don't need a ring with him. So you, you could have had segments at home 24-7 and stuff. You you didn't need a performance center. You'd have been perfect to just have gimmick matches after gimmick matches that, you know, could have been stories. I'd, um, I used to watch Rockstar Spud when yeah. he was back at that at Little Ledger Centers. Yeah. And I remember he, he had an entrance to the song um, Living on a Prayer. Right. And he made the, he walked to the ring and he stood on the apron and he stood on the apron for the whole duration of the song. Wow. With his hands in the air in a rock star pose. And he had the crowd in the palm of his hands. It was, uh, it was, it, it was magic to see. And then that same show, I bumped into him in the toilet. Oh, wow. Okay. And, uh, and uh, I, uh, I said something to him. All right, good show out there. And he stayed in character, which I'd never seen on Independence or anything before. And he just goes, ah, you prick. <laughs> beneath me. And then uh, I think he, I was with you when we saw him in uh, Birmingham. Yeah, we went to watch something to wrestle with. with. And he wasn't with the company then? No. But yeah, again, still in gimmick. And uh, I think he will do well with I think WWE would either sign him back at the end of this situation or he will do well wherever he goes because any company would be mad not to have him because he, he will he will create magic for you. I watched I watched a clip on his Instagram recently of a entrance on from Progress, uh, yeah. the UK based company. Now I watched so my first introduction to Rockstar Spud, I used to watch uh, TNA. I used to watch Impact Wrestling, believe it or not, and him, Party Marty, um, Marty Skull, before they broke America and, you know, their breakthrough, they were on, like, Impact's version of Tough Enough. And yeah. um, him and uh, Marty Skull legit did not get along. Um, and then Marty, uh, what's his name, sorry, Rockstar Spud won, and he got a contract with TNA. And I don't know if you ever saw him in TNA, but he played that, he just took to that character of being uh, Dixie Carter's little, you know, like uh, little butler, little yeah. Joey. <laughs> and he was so but good. He, he makes everything work. He had a gimmick on the, uh, after he left TNA, between signing with, leaving TNA and signing with WWE. I never saw this in person, but I, I, I heard really good things about it. He had a gimmick where he was a wrestler with amnesia, who he thought it was 10 years earlier. Wow, okay. So he, so he thought he was a wrestler starting out, like he was a rookie and he was thanking people for um, giving him an opportunity and paying his dues and all that. Oh, that's and good. He got so over on everything. And I, I think he's just one of those guys. He will. He, he just gets it. Whatever it is, he's got a mind for the business and he gets what it's needed. That broke my heart. You know what? He got the ball. R-Truth didn't make that 24-7 work on its own. Drake Maverick... Drake Maverick, he also, you know, uh, put that title over and made it something because those segments consummating his marriage, on his wedding day doing that. On his that, wedding day. <laughs> that is someone who's committed to the job. And you know what? He he will be missed. I, I saw, did, you see the, did you see the story where he said about um, last year he was at WrestleMania at, he, the, at New York with 80,000 people there? Yeah, and uh, because he wasn't on the card, he didn't want to take a selfie because he wanted to earn his position on the card. Yeah. Oh man, that's that's someone. That's a class act. 
In seriously, that's a class act. Um, I'm going to move on now from Great Maverick. Kurt Hawkins, second time he's been let go. Um, let's be honest, he wasn't used much. But, you know, he, he when he did that undefeated streak for a lot, that defeated streak, sorry, uh, the losing streak for a long time, he committed to it. Let's not spend too much time on him. This is the most shocking one. Are you ready? Carl Anderson and Luke Gallows are good brothers. Wow. I think this one could backfire massively. This one will backfire because these guys were very unhappy with their position in the company. And then they got $1.2 million contracts to stay and not go back to either Japan or AEW. So these guys took it. And what happens? They put him with AJ. They do the OC. But more importantly, these guys were recently in the main event at WrestleMania day one. They were very important to AJ's act. Yeah. They were very well liked backstage. I, I think uh, Gallo is, is dating Nia Jax. Yeah. Um, she not like most girls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Then um, they, they're really pally with AJ. Yeah. AJ's come out and said that he feels guilty. About feels responsible, they right? Yeah. They're really pally with with uh, Finn Balor. And yeah, obviously the club, uh, Bullet Club, and Cena. They're actually pally with Cena as well. Everyone yeah, likes them. Everyone yeah, likes them. And even though they might not have uh, set the world on fire on the uh, on screen, sometimes it's not about that. You know, we talk about if you yeah, using a football analogy, you've got players who might not be great on the pitch, but there's such an impact on the dressing room. It's better for your side to have them because they bring that mentality. And I think Gallows and Anderson. When AJ's contract's up and when Finn Balor's contract's up, there's other companies out there for him now. And if, if their two buddies are working there, that might appeal to him. Well, AJ stated that this was the last contract he signed as a wrestler. I don't think Finn is going nowhere. But you know what? They wasted an opportunity to form the Bullet Club, their version. I know, you know, like having AJ, Finn sort of struggle over battle for leadership, something, you know, with them two in yeah. there. They should have done that. Imagine if you would have had a, a, a moment they, they would have been in harmony for a year or so and then you'd have had a, the Batiste uh, Triple H sort of build. Yo! Wow! Yep. Yep. You know they what? Missed, they, missed, they missed a big, a big, uh, a, a big opportunity. There. Definitely, because I don't know if you ever listened to Jericho's podcast when they do Talking Shop. And I have Anson and Gallows. They are hilarious. They do the best Stone Cold impression. They do the best Howard Finkel impression. These guys were definitely underutilized and not used properly. So, well, I, one of the best things they did in WWE was one the uh, the stuff with the New Day with yeah. the Doctors. But then I don't know if you watch Southpaw Regional Wrestling. I love Southpaw Regional Wrestling. <laughs> that that gimmick was good. You know, I uh, doctor, doctor, nurse, nurse. I'll tell you one thing that did do bad was the old day. That segment was so bad. That was... Yeah. Yeah, that was bad. Um, well, what else did they do? Um, do you remember when AJ first turned heel? Beat up John Cena! That was good. So, when, when they did the club, I was happy with that. Um, okay, let's move on. Listen, this one also breaks my heart. Heath Slater, the one-man band. Yeah, so... 
other two have uh, been released and come back and, and won a world title. So I'm hoping, but you know what the worst thing about this one is? He's got kids. Years. He's got kids. <laughs> <laughs> How's he supposed to pay for that double one, baby? Yeah, yeah. Fourteen years he's put in. You know, Heath Slater can work. So many wrestlers can work if they get given a chance. Heath Slater can do it. You know when, you know when um, Drew McIntyre won the title. You watch the bump, and him and Drew have this really emotional little interview together, and. Oh man, oh man, it's horrible. He's got, he's got, he's got charisma. He just. But he's very charismatic. Do you remember that thing he did with the legends during WrestleMania twenty eight season, where he was like, "It's my time," and then Vader would come out, or "I rule the world," and then Psycho Sid would come out, Jim Biambo, you know, like Rikishi, like he did so much with his legends. Any situation you put this guy in, he was good. 14 years, man. He's a company man as well. He was always he, willing to put a company before himself. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. And he did say, to my former and I put too many people over. Um, okay, so moving on. Aiden English. <laughs> Aiden English was talented. Yeah. You know, just... There wouldn't have been a Rusev date if it wasn't for Aiden English. That was my favourite part. Him introducing Rusev. I don't know why... They pull the rug on rug, uh, the rug from underneath them. I think it's because you know how WWE works. You're not allowed to get over unless we say you're allowed to get over. So if something good is happening, we need to make it stop. Rusev Day was huge. What did they do? They just stopped it and they turned him against him, and it just flopped. Where did he go after that? Into obscurity. Turned to an announcer for Two Hundred Five Live. Is there any reason why he turned into an announcer? I have no idea why they, they stuck him in that position, where he, whether he'd done something to upset someone. I have no uh, idea. I've not watched too much 205 Live in the uh, since the, the Cruiserweight title went to NXT because I, did, I didn't feel like I had anything to fight for on, on the show. Yeah. Um, but I can imagine, given it is, he's quite naturally outgoing, so I imagine Aiden English would have done quite well there. Yeah, um... Okay, moving on. Eric Young. Did you ever watch TNA back in the day? Wow, don't fire Eric Young. Yeah. Did you ever see that? Well, he, was, he was brilliant. Bro, you know his yeah, comic yeah. timing was so good. And then you know when he turned heel and joined Kevin Nash? Wow. Eric Young was one hell of a talent. But then he used him... Someone on Twitter said that, I think it was one of the wrestlers, might be Lance Storm, it was one of the big names. They said he's, he's the most diverse entertainer out there because he can do any gimmick you give him. They did not use this guy properly at all. You know, that's so much more he could have done on the main roster. He had a decent run in NXT as part of Sanity. Oh, man. Eric Young. They didn't see his charisma. That's it. They didn't no. really open it up for that. Listen, the key word here is charisma. I'm going to now announce one talent who is pure charisma, okay? I'm going to give you a little backstory on him. So, years ago, this guy came up in developmental. He was in the early seasons of NXT. They named him Derek Bateman, okay? He made his way to the main roster for like a cup of coffee. He got fired in 2013. You know what he did? He went to Impact Wrestling 
And he legit in a company that doesn't have many stars, okay? This guy went to Impact and made a name for himself and legitimately became a star. I'm talking about Ethan Carter III, a.k.a. EC3. What a talent. So annoying. This guy... On NXT, this guy would have been the, should have been the biggest star when he was there. This is EC3, former world champion. The guy went from nothing to the main man in, in NXT. Sorry, in Impact. Guess NXT has a... I don't know. I want to say a decent-ish run. He got a win over Adam Cole. And then he gets called. You know, Do you remember that period when they just called up lots of talent? Yeah, it seemed, I remember reading it was something to do with uh, Vince playing with Triple H or something. Triple H looked upset. Really? Uh, that's what I read. It was like Triple H didn't want them to get called up and Vince thought that the main roster needed freshening up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was the case. And yeah, that had upset because there's so much EC3 could have offered. So when they got called up, what did they do with him? Nothing. He never even got to speak. Do you remember that segment on A Moment of Bliss? He was about to speak. What happens? Cuts him off. Dean Ambrose cuts him off. He has one roll-up victory against against um, Dean Ambrose. After that, the guy is gone from television. Gone. What did he do with that guy? Absolutely nothing. How much potential did this guy have? This guy can cut a promo. This guy looks like a star. This guy can work. This guy should have been a world champion. This one really pissed me off. Yeah, he, he, he screamed up the mid-card or top-level heel. And I, I, I have no idea why he was booked in such... I, mean, I have no idea why he was booked in such a way because he was, uh, he, was de- he definitely had what we were looking for. Ah, uh, you know what, man? Uh, well, let's move on. Leo Rush, uh, you know, when they brought him back recently, they... They used him quite a bit. He put on some great matches. I don't know why they let him go. This guy's got mental health problems. They let him go. He's a 24-year-old piece of gold with a wife, and he's got kids. Leo Rush will find his feet back on the Indies for sure. Um, Sarah, Sarah Logan. Sarah Logan. It's sad because her husband's part of the Viking Raiders. Um, I think it's Eric. Is it Ivor? Which one is it? Couldn't tell you. Okay. The, 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 the Viking Raiders in the same uh, same boat as uh, Dash and Wilder, aren't they? Where it's which one's Dash, which one's Wilder? Yeah. You know what? Wilder on that subject. It's just a few days before that, or maybe a week before that, the Revival got their releases. No, they were let go. So here's what WWE do. We don't give you your releases. What they do is they'll do their best to keep you on, and then what they'll do is they will then release you, which will give you 90 days to not compete. By then, AEW events will be done. Okay, AEW's um, Dynamite will be done. And sometimes, you know, your, what do you call it, your momentum can be stopped. I recently read and saw some videos what they were supposed to do with the revival. Vince was going to... Yes, I saw this. That's unbelievable. They are the best damn tag team out there. I think their stock is slightly higher than a lot of the other guys that have been uh, 
that have been released. And of I, course. I'll, I'll, give you my, I'll give you my thinking behind it. Even though... Carwin? Carwin, I'm going to call you back on your phone because this keeps cutting out. Bear with me. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we do apologise. Having some connection issues. I'm just going to get Carwin back on the line and we will continue this. But yeah, um, Revival, Revival did not deserve any of this. Carwin, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Much better, much better. Yeah, but yeah, so moving back on to uh, the Revival, part of the reason I think their stock's in a higher place for other companies is the other wrestlers were released with the Revival after they released. So they active, actively wanted to go. So for any other company, it doesn't seem as if they're signing to WWE cast-offs. These are guys who don't want to be there. These are the top guys. So, you know what's going to happen. The match we've been waiting years. Young Bucks versus Revival. If AEW don't pick them up, I don't know what the hell they're thinking. Yeah, it's... Um, and I think we're probably looking at AEW as the, as the, as the company that's going to look at signing a lot of these. But they don't want to fall into the Impact Wrestling trap or just signing every WWE cast off at the same time. So, but I think the, the revival is going to be the first one on the list because... It has to be. I think it's I think it's pretty much a done deal. I think it's pretty much done. Just that they need... They can't compete for 90 days. Simple as. Of course, AEW, Tony Khan would not be stupid enough to um, let that opportunity pass. They've been waiting years for Revival vs. Young Bucks. And Revival asking for the release as far back as early last year. Um, who, who can blame them? Come on. Who's so hot? Come on. Think about all the matches they had with American Alpha. I was there, damn it. I was there to watch their matches. And then... DIY and... Uh, oh, my God. DIY. In Toronto, I think it was. Yeah. Oh, wow. Right, okay. I wish Revival all the best. Kurt Angle. I'm not going to spend too much time on this. Um... He's had his Hall of Fame. As a wrestler, let's be honest, this wasn't the Kurt Angle. You know, if you watch Kurt Angle's TNA run, Kurt Angle was in his prime and got better when he went to TNA. He wrestled much better wrestlers in TNA and he had the, he was a machine in TNA. The Kurt Angle we got here was slow. You think he's hurt? He was just, do you remember how slow he was? Yeah, he, he, he was broken down. I mean, he was. It's like he was first gear. He got his Hall of Fame. He was in pain in TNA, but he, he didn't show it in WWE. You, you saw a broken down run. Hmm. Kurt Angle's gone. Mike Kyoda. Just on Kurt Angle, I, I saw that he said to the Undertaker because he he, he realized the Undertaker was a bit passive, struggling for good matches, and he said to the Undertaker, if you if you want to reignite. Yeah, you did. He did. He did. And that's how that happened. Have you seen Kurt Angle was AJ's matches? Oh my god. You know TNA had no business sense. You know they're wrestling during that whole PG 
Ruthless Aggression era, the matches in all the way up to about 2012, I would say, TNA had the best matches. When you had Samoa Joe... Kurt Angle versus uh, Jeff Hardy match. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. It started off at 100 miles per hour and just carried on. It was unbelievable. Five more minutes. Five more minutes. Like, what? Yeah, honestly, TNA have got a good library. I'm going to move on to Mike Kyoto. 30 years. This referee's been there for 30 years. He's called so many big matches as a referee. They let go of him. Primo Epico. Guess what? They still work there. Uh, Rowan. Look at Rowan. Rowan got a little push with Daniel Bryan. Okay? He got into program with Roman Reigns. Luke Harper gets released. And then they put him on Raw with that... St- was there a little spider thingy in that cage? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> spider, man. Who exposed it? Was it... Was it... Um, Did he bring it out himself? Or was it Drew? It was Drew, wasn't it? And he stamped it. Killed it. What... What? Why give him that gimmick after you push him and then release him? I, I think I think it's it got to the point where I think they had too many people when they didn't know what to do with them and they just writing them any old story. That's true. Okay, Maria and Mike Canellis, Mike Bennett. He had a good run in TNA and Ring of Honor. He was much more valuable than what he was. He asked for his release a long, long time ago, and they denied it. Yeah, and then since, since he asked for his release, his stock's gone even further down, so... But they gave him a bigger contract to not go anywhere else. Yeah, so I feel really sorry for this guy, because the, the story that they did with him and Maria, I just yeah. found it so degrading to the guy, and then... I know, uh, on his way out, man. I, you know, that's when WWE does the whole burial. Yeah. So... Yeah, and, it's, and, it, and, it, and it's really killed his stock as well, so... You know, he's he going to have to really build himself back up on the Indies. 